Welcome everybody to another video recording, a video episode here of The Leading Edge with James Brower. And in today's particular video, this was inspired by a recent article in Forbes that looks at the creative economy and how it is likely going to permanently disrupt the traditional industrial economy. And so as a part of the layout and thesis that I want to also extend upon from the article, I'm going to do so in a metaphorical way. And let us look at this as if we're going to be sailing on an expedition and we're going to move into the heart of the future. And this is going to be extremely important for basically every person. But I have in mind today two groups of people. I'm looking at the midlife professional. I'm 43 years old. I'm thinking of me. I'm thinking of the person out there that's in their late 30s, early 40s. They still have a long ways to go in their career. And they're going to try to figure out as these technological breakthroughs continue to unfold in front of our eyes. And we're trying to make sense of what in the world comes next. How do we prepare for this? Do I stay in the the same career, company, role, or do I start to make a shift? Do I need to prepare by upskilling or reskilling? Some are even questioning, did I even make the right move? That's why this particular episode or this, per this particular content is for you in mind, because I'm thinking of me, <laughs> to be very honest. But this is also for those that are basically just graduating at the time of recording this we're on the cusp right now of most college and universities have already begun their graduation and commencement exercises high school is also right around the corner and so now we have a bunch more skilled unskilled academically trained employees prospective employees anyway that are about to enter the workforce this is also for you because the decisions that you, first off, have already made, but will be making with regard to where you're going to work, what career might you pursue, this is going to have significant implication. And quite frankly, I'm not sure who is at greater risk and who is at greater vulnerability, the midlife professional or the person that's just now entering the workforce. I don't know who's going to have their world rocked more. That's what today's episode is for, and that's who I have in mind. Because if this article out of Forbes is correct, then we are, we are absolutely heading to a very interesting reality that is going to upend traditional industry. So let's buckle up, let's start this dive, and let's head on into a world that I personally think can be extremely exhilarating, extremely fascinating, but scary. So let's begin. Well, I like visualizations because it sets the mood and it gets us into the proper frame of mind here. So let's just imagine for a second here. If you got to close your eyes, go for it. But just imagine this colossal wave. Okay. This thing's beautiful, <laughs> but it's intimidating. And this wave, this is moving hard, fast, relentlessly right toward the shore. What is that wave that you're looking at right there? That's the creative economy. This is going to be the force that causes 
a sea change, a complete terrain reconfiguration all across the globe. Now, the United Nations defines, they talk about the creative economy actually with greater than I I actually expected. They look at the creative economy as basically anything that is at the intersection of human creativity and also technology. And so content creators are, in fact, actually part of the creative economy, but so too are different industries and technologies that are creating different products and services. That's all coupled under this guise of what they call the creative economy. So we're talking about a very strong, formidable force, all right? This economy, according to United Nations, they're looking at this and basically stating art, architecture, science, manufacturing, content creation and those in the digital space. And as we know, this is pretty much already creeping and has crept to, I'm going to use the word transform and revolutionize how we work and do business continents across the globe. And we're talking a $985 billion industry with no signs moving on back. Zero. No way is it going to be heading on back. And the article even went on a little bit further to indicate that by the year 2030, so by the end of this decade, 10% of the entire, I guess you could say like GDP of the entire world is going to be from the creative economy. So that's pretty impressive. Now, if we think about it and picture it from this sense here, an artist that is using a digital brush and they're painting this virtual reality masterpiece, which we know can certainly be done, especially with AI tools, digital technologies, without a doubt. We're talking about the architect that is now creating highly sustainable designs using very sophisticated and technologically advanced softwares. Definitely talking about scientists and what they're able to do within the medical industry and life-saving drugs and AI-enabled researchers. We're talking everybody in this end here. And so, obviously, this isn't even the distant future. Now, when I graduated college, this all may have seemed a little bit more advanced, and I probably wouldn't have expected a lot of it to come fold until 2040s, 2050. Here we are, 2023, and it's here. It's now. That's the creative economy. That's the creative economy that's in action. That's the creative economy that's in full force. And it's only going to continue to grow and, as a matter of fact, evolve, especially as we continue to see all these technological breakthroughs that are emerging, especially at the pace that they are. So what does, and I go back, remember that metaphor at the beginning here, we got this wave, this creative economy coming at us, a tsunami. What does this tsunami of creativity actually mean? If you're a traditional industry, I would say be on alert, without a doubt. To use another descriptor here, just imagine being a veteran sailor and you know how to get around the waters and you're familiar, without a doubt, with all of your navigational techniques, both grounded in the actual tools itself, as well as just reading through experience the whole world around you. 
in the skies and the water to understand conditions. And then, bam, here comes this enormous, unpredictable wave that's coming from the horizon. This creates right there, you get fear. You, you got the rill that's all there. And you're now you're left with the question, are you going to ride this wave? Or are you going to take your chance? And are you going to see what happens to this? Is it going to sweep you away right into obscurity? That's the crossroad where traditional industries currently stand today. These industries are grappling with the decision. They have to decide, I would argue now, whether or not they're going to embrace this digital tidal wave or they're going to stick to their tried and tested methods. And they're going to risk the reality, potential reality, they're going to risk the possibility of becoming a relic of bygone eras. Let's think about this. It's not like this hasn't happened before. Just, especially for you kids out there, I'm sure you heard of Blockbuster. You might have heard of Kodak. Sears is another victim most recently. These companies were once thought, first off, to be on the the leading edge in the cusp. But these were invincible companies and corporations. And where are they now? They're replaced. They're, they were completely disruptive by digital counterparts, the Netflix, the Apple, the Amazons. This isn't a tale of caution. This is an absolute reality check. This is a clarion call for change. And if you're at that midlife, if you are entering the workforce, these are the realities that we have to internalize. We have to begin to think about this because this affects you too. This isn't just the industry. Do you take your chance? And when you see this tidal wave coming at you, that is the creative economy. Do you embrace it? Do you ride it? Or are you going to take your chance and just, eh, we'll see. I want to stick to, I want to stick to the tried and tested. I want to stick to the traditional with the risk that your company, your career, your industry, your role could be completely phased out and removed. That's a cha- That's a decision you would need to enter into. I hope this is a cautionary warning of what could be. It's extremely important that we be as foresightful. I'm trying to think of if that's even the word. Like you have to put that futuristic hat on and you have to be a student of history all of a sudden and look at the economics, look at the future trends or the current trends, the future projections to understand the creative economy is not a fad. This is not a trend. This is not just a little wave that's going to come and go. I'll be honest, I'm actually a little surprised that some of the pretty darn intelligent people that I know, even to this day, continue to look at artificial intelligence and say, that's just a shiny object for now. It's not going to carry its traction. It's going to lose its steam in time. I don't know how, honestly, I really don't know how you could say that. I could argue along with them, that perhaps there's a bubble that we are entering into a phase where 
if you remember back in the early 2000s, folks would say, oh, there's an app for that. There's an app for that. Yep, there's an app for it. There was an app for everything. And everybody was right. But now fast forward, there literally is an app for everything. Because imagine not being able to utilize a phone without the apps that we have. It being web-based only. But then go back even further. Folks that said email was just a hype. The internet was just a hype. A search engine was just a hype. We can't even we can't even fathom life without that. I'm pretty sure when we look at the artificial intelligence technologies that would have been with us since the 70s, but have continued to emerge and evolve in the way that they have, particularly over this last year, heck, the last six months, I think we could say they're here. They're not going anywhere. And especially as Google Bard and we see in, in the the Bing, the Microsoft Edge tools that are there and ChatGPT just recently integrating plugins and web browsing features. We're starting to see all of these various plugins and ex- web browser extensions that are tying in these technological capabilities with the conversational AI chatbots and such. It's not going away. People are building on top of these. It's creating an infrastructure. It's creating an ecosystem. It's not going away. And so then look at the creative economy and start to think, what then, if it was already powerful, if it was already extensive, if it was already disruptive, if it already had the potential to expand and take over, what now does that mean when you tie in its use of all of these artificial intelligence tools and platforms that it can use. This is not a fan of trend in a wave. This is probably the real deal, and it is a tectonic shift. But we have to look at this not as replacing old machinery with new, updating uh, updating a program or a code or a system. We're talking about a complete paradigm shift in how we think, how we work, how we innovate and iterate. Our personal and professional lives are completely different today than they were a year ago. And I can't even imagine a month or a year from now either. And so some of these huge stalwarts, we're talking some of the greatest companies that have existed in our country and world over the last century, and I'm thinking General Electric, particularly, maybe ExxonMobil, these are being replaced. Just check, I think the stock, actually, I haven't checked the stock price of General Electric in quite some time, but it's not Jack Welch's General GE anymore, that's for sure. These companies are being replaced by agile, creative enterprises. They're moving, they're moving fast. Companies like Apple, Google, Tesla, sometimes they even move too slow. Actually, Google definitely was under assault for just that with regard to AI. But some of these newer companies that are trying to get a piece of the economic pie here, they're moving fast because they're agile. They believe, get in, who cares if we fail, we learn. We learn, we improve, we iterate, we roll out the next venture, and let's go. We are not sitting back and waiting for this. And that's another implication too, especially those in your midlife or those who are new to the workforce, that right there, when we look at these business models for how to create startup and how you would have a 
particular timeline that might talk about coming up with a problem, trying to figure out how to test it, validate it, get a concept, a proof of concept, listen to your feedback loop, build out a short and a long range plan that's going to be a year and a half. We don't have time for that. Not with this type of technological breakthrough. There is no time for that. You have to move. You have to act fast. So if these companies and startups have to fail fast in order to learn so that it then can iterate and evolve to then make its 2.0 just as strong and good. Midlife, folks. Middle age. What does that mean? Make the change. What's here? What's changing? Get out there. And if you're going to fail hard, fail fast. But make that change. That's exactly what I did when I left the career that I had in public school education and then higher ed. I knew, I, I felt it, I saw it. The tides were turning in public education and even as a school leader at a virtual school. Virtual education, online education, was the disruptor to traditional brick and mortar education. And I felt that virtual, their day had come and gone. It's no longer the future. Online learning will have its place in digital learning, I would argue more, but perhaps virtual education isn't the disruptor that we once believed and saw. And I left a year ago and then I moved into higher ed because I thought maybe it'd be a little more innovative to bring some of these ideas to a system that isn't going to be controlled as much by district policy, state policy, federal policy. I was wrong. <laughs> a big lesson learned there. And I gave that I don't know, eight months, six months. <laughs> and I began to plan that departure. I knew there was no time to wait. I had to get out. And if I fail, I just hope I fail fast. Because as I fail fast, I can then learn and figure out how am I going to make that amend, that change quickly to then make the shift. I need to be agile. I need to be creative. I need to move fast, just like these other companies are. The new economic landscape, it absolutely demands flexibility, creativity, adaptability, agility, courage, grit. This is how we ride that crest of innovation. And not all of us are going to be a huge innovator. We don't need to be. We all play a role in the creative economy. I'm doing my part right here, right now. This is how I choose to be a part of the creative economy. Take information, develop insight analysis, put a spin, try to identify a relatable arc, and then share that content and information with others. That's my place in it. I fail. I'll figure out how I'm going to regenerate my thoughts and move into part two, part three, part four. I don't know. But I know that the message is solid enough that I need to get it out so that you can figure out what your move is going to be. Because I promise you right now, don't wait and hear from your boss. Do not wait to hear from your senior executive team. They don't have a clue. And in some cases, I would even say they are so hoodwinked because they're playing it safe that if you're waiting for them to mentor you, 
or give you those gold. They are not going to give it to you. This is on you. This is for you to do entirely. You need to basically become the Spotify, the Uber. You need to figure out how you're either going to play a role and revolutionize an industry. Doesn't mean you are going to revolutionize it, though I hope you can and do. But you will be part of these revolutionary moments, just like Spotify did with the music and streaming industry, or Uber in the transportation sector. Somebody at some point in time, I'm sure, 20 years ago said, what a stupid idea. Who's going to hail a cab with a phone? And look at them now. The, these companies didn't, they didn't just adapt to change. They, they actually were the change. They leveraged the power of the creative economy to create value, higher value than what existed. And in doing so, reshaped an entire industry. So we again have to continue to think about this. If we have all of these different future-focused trends and projections telling us, this is where the future of work, the future of education and learning, the future of technology, the future of personal living and self-development are heading. Why are we not part of it? Why are we playing it safe? This doesn't have to, this creative economy reality of taking over traditional industry, this doesn't have to be doom and gloom. This is our chance now, before it's too late, either A, because we were phased out, or B, because we missed catching the wave at the start, whereas everybody else did, and now we're behind, okay? This is our opportunity, and it's an opportunity in disguise. There are people who are afraid. There are people who are cautious. There are people who are scared. That's your chance. That's your move. This creative economy, it's giving traditional industry a chance to reinvent themselves. It's giving people the opportunity to reinvent who you are personally and professionally. But it's not going to give you much time forever. This is where these companies, your company, your industry, you as an individual, this is where you have to embrace the change, leverage, lean into the, technolo the technological breakthroughs and the platforms and the tools. Identifying these opportunities where others see challenge and obstacle opportunity. Traditional manufacturing companies, they are going to be up against quite a storm in the coming years as an entire youth population, which knows nothing other than digital, enters the workforce. How are they going to convince somebody who believes that all of work, living, and learning is digital to enter a workforce where they're going to get their hands dirty, where they're going to work they're going to sweat their rear end off every day in that job. And I think they know it. So they have already begun in order to be more effective, more efficient with their output, but also understanding the work 
force trends, they're adopting creative and digital solutions. They're moving toward robotics and AI-based programming. They're already making the move as well. And by connecting this machinery to web solutions and cloud, they're collecting, they're analyzing data very strategically. Those industries will continue to make the shift, even though some still are not there, but they are living and embracing the fourth industrial revolution, as many have referred to it. We are right there, folks. We are right on the precipice of a really exciting era. How lucky are we, too, that we get to live this? We can't look at the creative economy as a threat. This is your invitation. This is your invitation to think very differently, to be innovative, to be creative, to be iterative. You get to shape the future of work. Be bold, be brave. Yes, it can be scary, but look at it as the opportunity. This is a wave. It's a wave you can ride. It's a wave you're going to ride. So go find that surfboard and just don't go. Dive. <laughs> go. This future is going to belong to everybody. Everybody who has the courage and is willing to take on that wave. Just remember that. This is your opportunity. Before we wrap up, I really like driving certain thoughts home and practicing as much mindfulness as possible so we can internalize. So for this, if you're driving, you can't do this, just envision with your third eye, if you are available, just for a second here, just close your eyes. And imagine that wave one more time. Remember that creative economy wave, that tsunami. It's coming. Feel the sun. Feel, feel it burning down on your skin, but in a good way. It feels great. Just feel that sun on your skin. And hear the roar of the ocean. Each wave crashing up on the shore. Smell that salty sea air. And picture yourself, picture yourself surfing that wave. You are kicking its rear end. Feel that exhilaration. Feel that thrill. Now go ahead and open up your eyes again here and, and hold on to that feeling. Carry that feeling with you. That, that feeling right there, that's the spirit of the creative economy. That is it for today's episode in The Leading Edge with James Brower. If you enjoyed this voyage today, I encourage you to be sure to subscribe to the channel. Definitely join, become an active member of our vibrant community. I do have a newsletter that I feature stories just like this to try to keep you on the leading edge, personally and professionally. You could head over to newsletter.jamesbrower.com, newsletter.jamesbrower. B-R-A-U-E-R dot com. Get your name on that newsletter. I send out a daily Monday through Friday list. It just usually three stories, three quick little tidbits that I have curated and handpicked for you. Uh, focused on the future of work, future of tech, future of education. I throw in just a little bit of self-help, personal development where I can. And all with the intention of keeping us on the leading edge and focusing us there. So I got many more exciting 
mind-bending, groundbreaking journeys lined up for us, so don't you worry. So yeah, stay tuned, stay curious, and as always, keep pushing those boundaries, and let's go out and connect, learn, and share. Until next time, I'm James Brower. <laughs>